You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Rita. Can I get an amen from the saints of God tonight? One more time. How many of you came happy tonight? Did you come happy? How many of you want to leave happy? You want to leave happy? Well, this message comes with a warning tonight. Uh-huh. Sunday morning crowd couldn't handle this message. Okay? Now, this message is not for the weak or the faint of heart. This is for someone that is a real warrior, has their armor on, is looking for Jesus Christ to come back and wants to live and die victorious. Did anybody got any of those kind of people here tonight? Well, this message is for you, okay? So I'm going to ask the Lord to anoint me tonight, anoint every word that I say, and hide me that you won't see me at all. It's going to have to be a big shadow of the cross, isn't it? That you won't see me at all, but that you'll see Jesus. So I'm going to lift up Jesus tonight. And Jesus said, if I would lift him up, he would do anything that needs done tonight, okay? So we're going to begin tonight. This is going to be a tough word. You ready for it? Fasten your seatbelts, okay? I know when I seen your pastor down to Salem, when someone would step into the pulpit, I said, now don't you beat my people up. I said, if anybody's going to beat them up, I will. But don't you beat my people up. Guess what? You is my people. <laughs> okay. So tonight, we're going to feast on the word of God tonight. Like I said, the morning crowd couldn't handle this. Okay. So tonight, you know, whenever we want comfort food, you know, have you ever been on a diet for a few days and then you want some, you say, I just need some comfort food. Okay, you're sick of all them salads and, and all those broccolis and carrots and all that stuff. So where you go, you go someplace where you can get some fried chicken and mashed potatoes. And I know your dad, every time we had a meal with Bob, he wanted some creamed peas. And it fell my lot to make the cream peas. And they never did taste like Anna's, okay? But he wanted some creamed peas. So we want comfort food sometime. I know I do. And then sometimes I've actually seen people go to a restaurant. Now, see, all of this poundage, it did not come from dessert. This came from mashed potatoes and, and uh, macaroni and cheese and pizza and all the carbs. This came from carbs, okay? But I've actually seen some people that will pull up to a table and eat dessert first, okay? Uh, Mona's raised her hand, okay? Well, uh, you know, if there's room for dessert, now I like dessert, but I'm, I'm more of a food person, okay? So tonight, we're not going to get much comfort food, maybe a little somewhere. I'm going to throw you a little comfort food in a little while. You'll know when it's coming. But tonight, I want you to open wide because we're going to get nothing but Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and spinach tonight. And one of the guys stopped me coming in and he said, the last time we came to visit this church, I asked you if we were going to get some milk or meat. And you said, oh, we're getting meat tonight. And I preached on how long 
Are you going to stay in the same position you've been in for the last 50 years? It's time to get up and get with the program. He said, what are we getting tonight? I said, a steak about yay thick. I mean, it's going to be some meat tonight, okay? I'm going to read from Jeremiah chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. And the first time I read it, I'm going to read from the King James Version. Jeremiah is penning this. And he said, righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. <laughs> okay, you get where he's going with this already? We're not even finished with the first sentence and he's got a complaint. Okay, wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all the happy that deal with very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have taken root. They grow, they bring forth fruit. Thou, they, thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, you know me. <laughs> thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee and pulled them out like sheep for slaughter and prepared them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn and the herbs of every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed and the birds because they said, he shall not see our last end. If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how can thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace where thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how will thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? Now, that's an okay version. I like to read everything out of the King James, but I'm going to read the same passage out of the Living Bible, okay? And the Living Bible goes something like this. Oh, Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you to decide, but now let me bring you this complaint. <laughs> Did you ever go to the Lord with a complaint? Be honest. Anybody going to the Lord with a complaint? Okay. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil men so happy? You plant them. They take root and their business grows. Their profits multiply and they are rich. And they say, thank God. But in their hearts, they give you no credit. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You know how it longs after you. <laughs> I'm poor, oh Lord. Lord, I like this. Lord, drag them off like helpless sheep to the slaughter. Did you ever pray that about anybody? Did you ever pray a prayer like that? Lord, drag them off like helpless sleep sheep to the slaughter. Judge them, O Lord. How long must this land of yours put up with all their goings on? I like that. Even the grass of the field groans and weeps over these wicked deeds. I know what channel they watch on TV. <laughs> okay. The wild animals and birds have moved away, leaving the land deserted. Yet the people say, God won't bring judgment on us. We are perfectly safe. And the Lord replied to me, if racing with mere men, these men of Anathoth, has wearied you, how will you race against horses, against the king, his court, and all his evil priests? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do at the Jordan jungles? Okay, what are you going to do then? Okay, now the title of my message tonight is Running with the Horses. I like that. Now, I'm going to try, I'm going to, try, like pastor says, I'm going to try to teach a little bit tonight, but I slip into preaching sometimes, okay? But I'm going to try to teach. I'm going to stick pretty close to my notes, okay? Jeremiah, we know, was the weeping prophet, 
And when I read my text to you out of both versions, he is having a conversation with God. And he's saying, he starts off with, oh, Lord, you've been righteous. Oh, Lord, I have so appreciated your judgments and your dealings. Nevertheless, I got a problem with you, oh, Lord. In the last judgment you're making, I got a few issues with you. Have you ever wondered that? Now, some of you may have been brave enough to say that to the Lord. But if you've not been brave enough to say that to the Lord, I'm sure that thought has kind of danced across your mind sometimes. What is he doing? What is he thinking, okay? Oh, Lord, but I have some problems with the decisions you're making lately. He said, God, why do the wicked prosper? And there's some apparent injustice going on here. He's looking around them, you see, and Jeremiah is, is saying, evidently he's saying, Lord, I look to my left and I see people prospering. They're prospering here and here and behind me, they're prospering. But he said, Lord, look, he said, while I was, remember Jeremiah was called before even he, he was born in the womb God said, I knew you, Jeremiah, and I called you. So Jeremiah says, God, while I was still swimming around in all that amniotic fluid, trying to find my way out of that birth canal, you called me. You called me by name, and you had a destiny, as Pastor Aaron was talking about, Pastor Eric was talking about this morning. You've got a, a destiny for me. I've got a purpose. And Lord, I have stood on all these street corners. Now, so far, Jeremiah hasn't seen anything yet. He's whining, and he's a crybaby. Wah, wah, wah. Needs his diaper changed already here in chapter 12. But it gets worse for Jeremiah, but he doesn't know that yet. But already he does know that he goes from corner to to corner, preaching the message that God had instilled in him. Israel, Judah, you are backslidden. Can you not see your evil, wicked ways? And if you don't change from your evil, wicked ways, Babylon is coming, and they are going to take us into captivity. And he would stand on every corner. If you went to Walmart, there he was. And if you would, did he bop back up to Kroger's? There he was. He was everywhere preaching this same message. You better repent because if you don't repent, Babylon is coming. Well, nobody liked Jeremiah and they wouldn't listen to him. You know how we do nowadays. Da, 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 da. Okay, people would probably cover their ears and he wept. He was called the weeping prophet because no one would listen to him and his heart was heavy. He said, Lord, I've done what you've asked me to do, but I look to my left. And now I'm paraphrasing this right now, okay? And I'm not adding to, I'm paraphrasing. And if you don't like, because back in those days, they lived a little different. He said, Lord, I've just got one chariot and the wheel's about to fall off. It's held together with duct tape. And look at my dude to the left here. Now, he doesn't even go to the synagogue. He don't pay tithes. He doesn't give to the alms. He's got three chariots and a three-stall garage. Why are the wicked prospering? Did you ever wonder that? I watched the six o'clock news. Not anymore. I wised up. I don't watch the news anymore. I just read the good news. And I turn the music on and I listen to the Gaithers and dance all over the house. And I turn on some soaking music by Julie True and I just fall on my face. I don't watch. But I tell you, when I did watch the news, when I did watch it, I said, Lord, why don't you cut them? I mean, they, they're prospering. They're nothing. They don't. The truth is not them and they're running the country. I mean, we've got people on both sides. I'm not getting political. On both sides, the right and the left, there are people that are corrupt 
and they're getting more corrupt every day. They're taken from you and lining their pockets. They're doing all of these things and they're millionaires and, and we're struggling to put gas in the vehicles and all these. God, get them, get them. I remember one time someone hurt my mother hurt her deeply and she was about to die she only had a couple weeks left and this woman hurt my mother deeply and I was angry at this woman I, I was angry at her now it's okay to get angry anger is a good healthy emotion but what do you do with that anger and we can't let the sun set on our wrath so I didn't know how to handle all this anger and my mother weak and sick as she was she looked up at me and she said Rita pray for them pray for them now, at that point, I thought maybe my mother was too weak to get up and do anything to me because I said, I am praying, mother. And I even borrowed one of Elijah's prayers, the old prophet of God that called down fire. I prayed, Lord, let fire come down from heaven and consume them. I prayed, Lord, let the she-bears come out of the woods and eat them up. That's scriptural, and that's what he prayed. And it happened. Mother didn't think that was funny. Okay, so she said, pray for him. But sometimes we do wonder why people on our right and left prosper. And we're going to find out God's answer here. Jeremiah goes on to complain even further. He says, take another look, God, at their sin. Well, they're even bearing fruit. Why not, Lord? You planted them. Boy, he's really getting God told, isn't he? Okay. He said, you planted them and they're growing and producing fruit. Check them out, Lord. They even have a false profession. They're hypocrites. They talk about you with their mouth, but their heart and their reins are far from you. And in verse three, he reminds him, God, you know me. Why, even when I was, before I was born, you called me, you tested me. I've been through some stuff, Lord. I've been through some stuff. When does my turn come? They laugh at me everywhere I go. And then he said, what about your divine delays? Okay, you're waiting too long to judge them. Okay, I know that one day certain people, all of us are going to stand before God, but Sometimes I'd just like to God to judge them now. Wouldn't you? Just judge them now. Take care of it now. You're a busy dude, Father. If you want them help, I'll help you. You know, take care of it now. Okay. And so it seems like uh, they're, they're just prospering in all of their carnality. Okay. Now, he rolls right along till he comes to verse five. Now, here's what I get. God says, whoa, time out, Jeremiah. Now, this is what's going on in this conversation. He listens to Jeremiah whine and complain and wah, 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 okay? Sucking his thumb and complaining. And he's listening to all this, and then he says, time out, Jeremiah, time out. And then here's what he said. He asked him a question. And actually, it's a compound question. There's two questions here in one. And here's what he said. He said, rolling along, God said, Jeremiah, I get it. I know how you feel, but let me ask you a question. He said, if thou has run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest they wearied thee, how then will thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? Okay, what was God asking? I didn't know what God was asking. I said, God, I understand Jeremiah's complaint, but I don't understand your question. What are you asking him here? Okay, let me give you a little bit of history here. Footman, now I had lunch one time with Michelle Fraze. How many of you know she climbs mountains and camps out in 32 degrees in the snow and eats something I couldn't even recognize when she showed me a picture of it. Then she asked if I wanted to go along. 
I, Rita Robinson, being of sound mind, said, no. Okay. So, but we were talking, and she was telling me about the footmen uh, of, of the Old Testament. They, sometimes they were called marathon runners. But what a footman would do back in those days, they did not have walkie-talkies, or they did not have cell phones. So how would they get messages from one town to another, or how would they get messages from one battlefield to another? They would send a footman. Okay, now these footmen weren't all that well trained. They had a little bit of training, but not like the soldiers. And the footmen did not have all of the gear and all of the sophisticated equipment like Pastor's friend that used to stand here. What was his name, Pastor? Schultz? Like Schultz, they didn't have all this sophisticated equipment that Schultz had. But they just had the minute, the minimum of everything. But they had an important thing. And also, another thing that footmen would do is not only carry messages from battlefield to battlefield or city to city, but sometimes when the Israelites were going to go to battle, they would send the footmen in first. And their job primarily was to thin out the enemy. So oftentimes they were sacrificed. They were used as a sacrifice. Okay, so the footmen would run in, not fully equipped, they're not fully prepared, and they would run in, thin out the enemy. Then the soldiers would come with their horses and their chariots, and they would come with all their sophisticated equipment of that day, their spears and their swords and all of the fine things that they had of that day, and then they would go on into battle. So God, what, God, what God was saying was, here's what he's saying, and here's the whole essence of my message tonight in a nutshell. He said, Jeremiah, these are nothing but footmen, everything you're talking about, the wicked you know, they have chariots, and you don't have any wah, 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 and they live in the finest houses, and you're living in a shack that's running down, wah, wah, wah. He said, let them prosper. And one thing that I have come to learn, and that is this, unless the wicked repent of their sinful ways and turn to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are going to spend eternity in hell. Why would I begrudge them some of the finer things here on earth? Let them have them because we have all eternity with Jesus, the righteous. We have all eternity and all of the riches that heaven can have to offer. So why would we begrudge the wicked? Let them have their chariots and their fine houses. So Jeremiah was listening and God was saying, Jeremiah, 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 everything that you have complained about, these are little footmen. They're just little footmen that run around. But Jeremiah, chin up, boy, chest out. Things are going to get worse. They're going to get worse. There's things a whole lot worse coming. And if you can't handle the footmen, you'll never be able to run with the horses. Now, I'm telling you, let that soak into your spirit, okay? Now, here's what I got. If in a race, if we would go out here in a parking lot and we would put a couple of your strong men, your young men that's physically fit out here in the parking lot and we would get a horse and put them beside them and see who could be the first to the bottom of the hill, who's going to win every time? The horse will win every time. Man is no competition no matter how fit he is to run with the horses, okay? So the horse will win every time. So in essence, God was saying, Jeremiah, a failure to run with the horse, with the footmen, 
A failure to run with these little petty things means that you're going to be outclassed by the greater battle for when the horses come. And Jeremiah, the horses are coming. So are you ready? Open your mouth. Here come some Brussels sprouts. Saints of God, things don't look real good right now. But things are going to get worse. Okay? So if right now you can't take it, now, I've got, some, I've got some good words coming. There's some comfort food hid in between all these yucky vegetables. There's some comfort food somewhere. You just got to find it, okay? But right now, I'm telling you, things are going to get worse. Right now, look around you. How many of you know that you can just get up one day and decide, well, today I'm a woman. And tomorrow, guess what? My name is going to be Sean. I'm going to be a man, do you know that you can even go to school and identify as a fur baby? How many of you heard fur babies? Okay. You can go to school now and tell them that you're a cat and they have to supply you with a litter box. Okay. While the boys and girls go to the restroom, you have to, you go use the litter box. Okay. I could fix that in a hurry, but uh, I got some real good solutions too. I like Jeremiah, and I think if we did a DNA, me and him are probably second cousins or maybe first cousins. But what I'm saying is things are going to get worse. And they're telling us now, when I say they, who do I know what they're talking about? But they're telling us now, stock up on this again, and we're running out of this, and we're running out of that. And I did hear John Agee say some time ago that pretty soon there are going to be armed guards on food trucks such as Walmart and Kroger's because there's going to be a scarcity of food. How do I know this is coming? I am not preaching doom and gloom because Jesus is still in charge. He's still in control. And if you belong to him, he's going to take care of us. So I'm not preaching doom, gloom, and despair tonight and pity on me. But I'm telling you, we have to learn to run with the footman. Suck it up and deal with it. I'm just as God told Jeremiah, stick your chest out and be a big boy. Take your thumb out of your mouth and, and put on your big boy pants because the horses are coming. So that's what I'm saying to you tonight. Yes, things are different. Do you remember, I've got written down here somewhere. Now see, I'm, I'm, you're not letting me teach. You're making me preach here tonight, okay? Said, so Jeremiah, look around you, okay? And I've got here in my notes, here's what I've got. Can you remember, all of you seniors here, if there's any young people in here tonight, you won't have any idea on earth what I'm talking about. And when I say the good old days, I'm not against advancement. I'm not against uh, embracing new things and embracing the future. I am not against that at all. If it's beneficial, if it's change just for change, I'm again it. I don't like it, okay? Do you remember when you could just make one simple phone call and hear a voice on the other end and say, hello, can I help you? And you could do that on your 10-minute break. Now you can't do anything on a seven-day vacation. You have to go back and do it over and over again and press three for English and five for Mexican and six for Spanish. And there's no need to press three for English because when you do, they can't speak it. They can't understand you. There's no need to. You can't take care of anything these days. You can't. That's the truth. Do you remember when? I can remember going up to old Parson Souders. You remember? How many of you remember Parson Souders? 
Then it was Stone and Thomas. Now it's Elder Beerman. Now they're gone. <laughs> but I can remember going in the basement down to Parson Souders, and they actually wrapped gifts for you. Yeah, if you spent $25 or more, they'd wrap a gift. Now $25 wouldn't even buy the paper to wrap the gift. But you could, they'd wrap a gift for you, and you could say, oh, well, yeah, by the way, while I'm here, could you just give me my balance? They wouldn't just have to say, well, you're going to have to call Chicago to get your balance. No, they would just say, you owe $37.10. I mean, they could tell you right then. And this was before we had all of this. Do you remember when you could look a man in the eye and shake his hand, and it was as good as done? Do you remember now? They could put it in writing, and you could get six lawyers, and it's still not going to happen. I mean, things have changed. Things have really changed. And what I miss most of all, do you remember all the streetlights? You remember riding your bike on the streets? And now you better be home before the streetlights come on. You better be home. And then do you remember going out, and you could hear, Rita, supper time. You could hear each mother call. Their name. Do you remember those days? Sometimes my heart aches for those days. And do you know that every time you go to a nursing home and you look a real elderly person in the eye and you shake their hands, you know what they want? I've had people 90 years old look at me and say, have you seen my mother today? Said, Not today. You know, they want to go home. Everybody that's elderly wants to go home. They want to go back to the days. I got some more things down here. Do you remember when the flag was honored? Do you remember when the red, white, and blue, when it just went by, you know, it was honored. I can remember I've done funerals for 50-some years. I've done funerals. And I can remember sitting in the front seat with the undertaker. And when we would go by, cars would stop even a few blocks away out of respect. I see men on the street take their hand off, their hats off, and put it over their hearts out of respect. Now the undertaker has to roll down his window. Whoa, 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 whoa. There he goes. You know, I mean, they, they stop for no one. There's no respect. I want to tell you one thing. If I was a coach and you took a knee when the national anthem come on, you wouldn't be on the field the next time there was a game. If you can't live in the land of the red, white, and blue and honor the flag, stand for God and stand for the flag, you wouldn't play on my team. You wouldn't. You don't like America? There's planes and boats that leave every day. Have at it. That's how I feel. You don't like America? Leave. Okay. Pastor would say, say, Rita, stay to preaching. Okay. Do you remember what, you know, I can remember my father. He was in World War II. All of my uncles on my father's side was in the World War II. And he said that one time dad was a prisoner of war. I mean, and he said he saw prisoners of war and he had to guard certain things and, and everything. And he said one time uh, one of the uh, prisoners of war had a box of Cracker Jacks. And he said when he opened it up, you know, there's always a little toy inside it. He said when he opened it up, there was a small little toy American flag. And that Japanese man threw it on and stepped on it. And he said two people shot him right then and there. Just shot him. 
for dishonoring that toy American flag. Now we let our own people burn the flag that men and women have died for, given their lives for, and, and fought for. I tell you, we've come a long way. So while it's, it's different. It's a different world that we live in now. Do you remember Seattle and the city of love? that they had while they were burning all the buildings down. Do you remember that? Not too long ago, they were burning all the buildings down and the mayor and the governor said, oh, it's just a city of love. Okay, well, so all I got to say is there should be glad that I'm not governor. Okay, now, all of the above is so different. Today, there's no respect for God, man, nor beast. But I'm telling you this, those have been footmen. It's going to get worse. So we're going to have to grow up, show up, suit up. Because the battle is coming. The horses are coming. And do you want to run to, with the horses? How many of you want to run with the horses? We can't let the footmen trip us up. We can't let these little things trip us up. Okay, Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity... If you faint in the heat of the battle, your strength is small. All we can see. This is true. Now, I'm not trying to be funny. Okay, we can come in here and sing all these songs. The battle belongs to me, and this is how I fight my battles. We can sing all of these songs, and we leave here, and the first red light that catches us, we've lost our victory. First red light. All these are going to get us. All these red lights, and you're always in a hurry. Where are you going? Slow down. What I'm telling you is these are all footmen, okay? Now, let me tell you. You know, there's three red lights there where uh, Toys R Us used to be. I think Center Branch is there now, okay, and Burger King. You know, there's three red lights. <clears throat> Usually, if one gets you, they all get you, okay? So here, what I'm trying to say is if you get really angry, and I know people, they get really, really angry at those red lights, they really get angry. Well, this one's going to catch me. I'm going to go a few more feet. That one's going to catch me. I'm going to go a few more feet, and that's going to catch me. I'm telling you, they're footmen. That's all they are is footmen. You know, now, they never did make me that angry. I don't like to get caught, but I can truthfully say they never made me that angry. But now when I'm stopped at that, those red lights, I look over there, and here's what I do. Oh, there's the Burger King. That's my, that's my favorite fast food place. I'm not a fast food person. But if I ate fast food, that's my favorite, right there, Burger King. And then I look over there at toys, what used to be Toys R Us, and I said, I can remember taking my little Emma in there and having a good time with little Emma. And I just think, all these things, they're footmen. They're nothing. They shouldn't make you angry. They're footmen. You have a bad day, hair day, that's a footman. I got up tonight, and I couldn't get my hair laid down. I couldn't get my hair laid down at all. And you know what I said? That's just a footman. Who cares if my hair is standing up? It's a footman because the horses are coming. Okay? I'll tell you, if you walk in and your kitchen's full of smoke and you burned supper, it's a footman. Who wants a burned supper? I don't. But if you burn, that's not the end of the world. It's a footman. Grow up, church. We need to grow up and say it's just a footman. We need to suit up, show up, and grow up and fight because the horses are coming. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, if you can't, if these little footmen have wearied you, Oh, you're, if they, how are you going to run with the Calvary? 
How are you going to run when the tough time comes? I mean, if you look out of your window one day and realize you got a new neighbor and it's Bruce, that's just a footman. It's just a footman. Okay, it's nothing more than a footman. You got to learn to run with the horses. It's just a footman. Okay. We still, when we go out, now here, here, uh, here's what I really want to say. When we go out here, it still basically looks like America, okay? I mean, we're minus several hundred statues. <laughs> that uh, The summer of love did that, you know? We're minus all these things, but it still basically looks like America. And here's what I get. You know, and the older I get, and you can probably tell this, the braver I get. Okay, the older I get, I don't care anymore. I calls it like I sees it. I got more time behind me than I do in front of me. So if you want to do something, bring it on. Okay, so I just I'm, I'm just getting older and bolder. You know, here's what we well I would come to church this morning. You know, since COVID, we do have a, a, a they live stream and they sit at home in their pajamas. And pastors addressed this several times, but it is true, and that's the complaint of a lot of pastors. Okay? So, but I'm telling you, here's what they say. Well, I would come. I've heard this, and I'll be I'll be honest, at times in the past I've been guilty. Pastor is very transparent when he preaches. He says, here's what I think, here's what I at times in the past I've been guilty. Not about, not, not of all these, but of some of these. You say, well, I would go to church, but it's too cold in there. They just freeze you to death. They just freeze you to death. Well, others are saying, well, I would go, it's just so hot in there. I can't stand it. Others say, well, I don't like the music. And others would say, well, he preaches too long. And others would say, well, I was there three Sundays in a row and he didn't even shake my hand. He's standing over on the other side of the church. You know what I say? Wah, wah, wah. Buy yourself some cuddle duds. Throw on an extra sweater and get your tail to church. And what do I say if it's too hot? Sit someplace where it's cool. That front row, it gets pretty cool. I'm telling you, what you need to do is to grow up. We just need to realize, you don't like the music? That's okay. Hum along, sing along, raise your hand in the air and sing Amazing Grace while they're singing something else. Do something, but grow up. These are footmen. What are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, right now, and here's what the Lord really laid on my heart. I'm leaving my notes, media. I'm sorry. Okay, here's what the Lord really laid on my heart. You know, we can't come to church now. Now picture this on just an ordinary Sunday. This is just an ordinary Sunday, guys. Okay, you come to church. Let's say it's raining. Okay, you come to church. We have all of these fine men that stand out there in the parking lot in the rain. You hurry. You get out of your car and you hurry in. They don't have that luxury. They stand out there in the rain. And if it's raining and they see a lady without an umbrella, they will run to your car with an umbrella. And they will walk you to the church with an umbrella. Do you know that if it's snowy, they will let you take their big strong arm. You got your heels on. I don't anymore. But they, you got your heels on and they've got their big old fat shoes on and they walk you safely in the snow and the ice to the car. When you get here, 
Lands of mercy, we even feed you breakfast. There's hot chocolate and there's tea and there's coffee and you can just eat to your little heart's content. You can come in here if you would happen to eat too much and get sick. We got a medical team that will put you on a gurney and take you out of here. And if some madman would come in with a pistol or a gun and just come up front like they have in some of the churches, we've got a security team here. I want to tell you something. If you can't dress and come to church now with all of those conveniences, what are you going to do when they begin to start locking the doors of the church? What are you going to do when you can't shout the name of Jesus anymore? What are you going to do when they say you can't meet anymore and you're going to have to go underground when they take your Bibles and it is coming? It is coming. You know, it's a a good parent will tell their child about Jesus. A good parent, an excellent person, an excellent parent will take their church, their child to church and train them up in the way. But a good parent will also say, you got to brush those grimy teeth and you got to wash the bottom of those feet and you got to learn how to balance your checkbook. There's more to life. I'm telling you tonight because you are part of my sheep. You're part of this body, and I love you, and I can talk like this. Like I said, the Sunday morning crowd probably couldn't handle this, but I want you to know that it's time to toughen up and get with the program and come to church while we are still got the freedom that we have, and we need to pray for our land and pray for our church and pray for our families and pray for ourselves. All of this stuff has just been footmen. That's all it has, and if the footmen Weary, weary you. And that's a legitimate question because God asked it. God asked that question. He said, Jeremiah, oh, poor baby. Poor baby Jeremiah. If these little footmen have wearied you, you're mad because Amos over here has an extra chariot. If that bothers you, what are you going to do when you're thrown into that muddy pit? because the muddy pit's coming. What are you going to do when they throw you in jail? What are you going to do when they cart all these people off to Babylon and they hang their harps in the willow tree because they have lost their song? I'm telling you, tough times are coming. Am I a prophet? I'm I'm a positive person. I I have very few bad days. I probably had 12 bad days in my whole life. And ever since I've been sick, pastor refers often to the time that he had his strokes. Well, I I refer once in a while to my gallbladder surgery. They did an open cholecystectomy on me and that was kind of a piece of cake. But when they got the blood clots and they looked me in the eye and they said, you got a big blood clot in your lung. That's why you can't breathe. I'm telling you, it got my attention. It got my attention. That's why I got no socks on tonight. I don't care what you think, but those socks constrict and they can cause blood clots. I don't want no more blood clots. So what I'm saying is these are just, these are just, Footmen, the, the, the horses are coming. Now, I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom. Why do I know the horses are coming? Because the Bible says they are. The Bible says it's going to get worse. The Bible tells us all these things. And I got a couple more points, and I, I'm, I'm running behind time, so I, I will, I, I, I'm, I'm going to hurry right along. I want the, but bad times 
It's going to get worse, church. So what I'm saying, how is your relationship with Jesus? How is it? Are you superficial or do you go deep? Are you on the bank or are you swimming in the rivers? Okay, I like what Pastor Aaron said last week about Elijah, and I'm going to talk about him in a minute. Okay, so it's going to get worse. Now, I I used this message as a little trial on my phone. It's a brand new message for me, but I used it on the phone message. I do a phone conference every Thursday night. And one lady said, well, she wasn't sure that it was going to get worse, that God's going to send revival. God is going to send a revival. I believe there will be a revival, but it's going to get worse. Things out there are going to get, I believe that we will see famine. I never thought I would see what I'm seeing. I've preached it for over 50 years, and I believed it. But I'm telling you, and I know I say this so many times, you're probably tired of hearing me saying it, but they're about to build the third temple, and they've got a red heifer. Grandma didn't see that. Great-grandma didn't see that. Things are coming to a climax, and the, the, the Calvary's coming. The horses are coming. Can you run with the footman? Can you run with the Calvary? Now, here's another thing that I want to tell you. We say, well, if we can't run, if we're no competition for horses, how are we going to run with the horses? But here, here comes the comfort food. Okay, here it comes. In case you can't find it in amongst all this broccoli and Brussels sprouts, here's the comfort food. We're going to have, because Jesus said, how are you going to do it, Jeremiah? means that he thought it could be done. Okay? He gives you hope. Just because the horses are coming, you don't have to give up and die because there's victory. We can win, and we can run with the horses. How are you going to run with the horses? And I'm going to hurry this message right along. I've been circling the airplane, airport, and I'm going to land this baby. Okay? All right, here it comes. One day, the Spirit of the Lord, Pastor Aaron talked about it, Elijah was on top of Mount Carmel. He had just called down fire from heaven. Just called down fire. Fire come down. Consumed the sacrifice. Consumed the altar. And licked up the water that was on the ground. Licked it all up. And then what did he do? He killed 450 men all by himself. See, that's something I never understood. If I was man number three, I'd be going let alone I'm not going to stand 425 and say, I'm next in line. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I'd find me a big rock or a tree to climb or something, but I'd try to get out dodge. Okay, he slew 450 men all by himself. Why? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Okay, and then you know what? Ahab the king got in his chariot. Now picture this, Jeremiah's complaining about the chariots. He jumped in his chariot, chariot, and when he jumped in the chariot, and he had the best horses right here. It was the best horses in the land. He was the king. And he looked at Elijah and said, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to go back to the palace, and I'm going to tell Jezebel just what you have done. And when Queen Jezebel hears this, she's going to have your head. She ain't going to like this. She's going to have your head. The Spirit of the Lord came up. I can see him now, can't you? He said, huh. 
And he says, you know, I think with the spirit of the Lord on me, I can outrun them horses. And he looked down to see what would hinder him, what's going to keep me from running. And it was those long tunics that the men had to wear in those days, something like a dress, you know, a lot like they wear today. Okay, he said, something, something, this long tunic might trip me up. So what did he do? He reached down and he took that one thing that would hinder him. And the word says he rolled it up and he tucked it in his belt. He tucked it in his belt and he made sure. I, now, he didn't have an armor on, but I thought of the belt of truth. Is what I thought of. Pastor did a phenomenal job on that series. And he tucked it in his belt so that he could have his foot free. And you know what? He outran. And do you know that I, I researched it. I Googled it. He ran 15 miles. 15 miles from Mount Carmel back to where the castle was, the palace was. He outran him. And when Ahab pulled up with the fastest horse and chariot in the land and said, whoa, 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 whoa. There sat Elijah, cleaning his nails, sitting underneath the juniper tree. Where you been? The spirit. So the mere fact that God said, how are you going to run with the cavalry, the horses, when they come, tells me that we can run with them. But Paul says, and I'm sorry, immediately, I bet they cringe when I preach. Okay, I'm all over the place. I got good notes, but okay. Paul said, we're in a race. And what did he say in Hebrews chapter 12? Just like Elijah looked down and said, what's going to hinder me? What one thing is going to hinder you in this race? Is it an attitude? Is it a hidden sin? Is it an unconfessed sin? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it pride? What one thing will hinder you? Elijah identified the one thing that would hinder his marathon. What's going to hinder your marathon? I say, and Paul said, take that weight that will hinder you and lay it aside. Take it and lay it aside so you can run. Run with the horses when they come. They've locked the church. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'll go home and have my own church. I'll go home and have my own church. I'll get on my knees. They say we can't, we can't have any more Bibles. That's okay. I know what it says in Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, all ye people. We have our word hidden in our hearts. I'm telling you now because I love you. Just like a mother would her child. When I would say, brush your teeth, I'm telling you, it's time that we keep up with the footmen, but the horses are coming. And I thought, God, that was a beautiful question. I don't know about you, but I want to keep up with the footmen right now, but then I want to keep up with the horses when they come. When the horses come, I want to come. I want to tell you, for every generation... God has always had a remnant of people. Maybe the majority would be wicked and evil, but God has always had a remnant. In Noah's day, it was a perverse generation, and the Bible says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. I'm telling you, the trumpet's going to sound any time. But before Jesus comes, I think the church is going to see some troubled days. We're going to see some dark days. We've not seen anything yet, have we, George? We've not seen anything yet. And yet we want to cry and whine.
I'm not hanging out with the whiners and the criers anymore. I'm hanging out with the people that says, listen, I hear the hoof prints, the stampede of a coming herd of horses, and I choose to run with them. I will run with the horses. Noah had a message for his generation. He stood on the gangplank. They laughed at him and they scorned at him. But he said, it's going to rain. I built the ark, me and my sons, but you're welcome. Come aboard. Come aboard. They laughed at him and laughed at him, but it wasn't funny when the rain began to fall. He had to probably cover his ears when he heard them pounding on the side of the ark. Those were his neighbors and his friends. Jeremiah had a message for his generation. He went from street corner to street corner, and he would say, if you don't confess your sins and turn from your wicked ways, Babylon is coming, and they're going to take us into captivity. I got a message for my generation, and you are my generation. They didn't hear Noah, and it rained. They didn't hear Jeremiah, and Babylon came. Hear me tonight. The footmen are about gone. The footmen have almost been sacrificed. And I can hear the horses coming. Are you going to be able to run with the horses? I say to you tonight, Rusty, can you run with the horses? Pastor Aaron, can you run with the horses? Scotty, can you run with the horses? Can you run with the horses? Come on, Scotty. Can you run with the horses tonight? How many of you can run with the horses tonight? Are you going to run with the horses? We can run with the horses tonight. If the footmen weary you, if the footmen weary you, how can you run with the horses? Church, hear me tonight. I love you. So there's some comfort there. The horses are coming, but you can run with them. You can run with the horses. Carrie, you're going to run with the horses. Carrie's going to run with the horses. We're going to run with the horses tonight. Uh, how about you, Sandy? You going to run with the horses? Okay, pick one of those cats, one up in each arm, and run with the horses. Okay. You've been a good audience. Thanks for listening tonight. Carrie, would you come? And I'd like to sing. I mean, I know we can't sing it. It's too late. I'd like to sing, man, if we could sing it. I got a bad hit, but I'll show you how good it is. I feel like running my last mile home. I'm going to run my last mile home. We sang that at uh, your dad's funeral. Did we sing it at your? I feel like running. And I do. I feel like running my last mile home. How many of you feel like running tonight? You feel like running? Are you going to run with the horses? Okay. The faint of heart will not run with the horses. The weak will not run with the horses. The lukewarm will not run with the horses. But it's he that shows up. It's he that grows up. It's he that suits up. And it's he that's got his armor on and learns how to fight. The horses are coming. As you bow your heads, I believe that this is a Sunday night crowd and you could handle this message. I would have already lost half the morning crowd. They would have already gone down to the Baptist church. But if you're here tonight 
and you don't know Jesus. Tonight's your night. Tonight is your night. And I'm going to ask if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, you've never made things right. You've never had a conversation with him. You've never asked him into your heart. Would you just slip up your hand? You don't have to come up front. You don't have to let everybody know. It'll be me, you, and heaven. If you don't know Jesus, would you just slip up your hand? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 